Thank you for that. Father, would you silence all other voices, all other distractions, anything that would turn us from hearing you and responding to you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for these people gathered. In Jesus' name, amen. We are finishing up the value of accessibility tonight. And I have to admit that when Eric gave me this text to preach on, I thought, really, what does this have to do with accessibility? I, it, it's the story of Jesus taking a whip and clearing out the temple, which is not real accessible. You know, that's not like, come be part of us. So I want to read that story and, and start there uh, this evening. But before I read that, I want to read the story that comes right before it. So John 2 is where I'm reading from. And the story that comes right before it is the story of uh, the wedding feast in in Cana where Jesus changes water to wine. So um, you can listen or follow along in John 2. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you uh, involve me? Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine, after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. This is the first of his miraculous signs Jesus performed at Cana in Galilee. He thus revealed his glory, and his disciples put their faith in him. That is the most hospitable story that Jesus... It just shows the beautiful hospitality of Jesus. I I love that story. It's... It's this. It's it's a uh, at a time when when a wedding celebration lasted for a week or more, and and it was a huge party. And and if you had a wedding feast, you you fed everybody for days, and and you provided them really good things to to drink, great wine, and and then as the party kind of you know slowed down, um, you brought out some of the cheaper stuff and probably started eating leftovers and. And it, but but that initial hospitality was just offering the best, and and so here is this great wedding, and Jesus uh, Jesus's mom is invited, and 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 Jesus is invited, the disciples are invited. A wedding feast was a big deal. It was a it was kind of an event, and and the most embarrassing thing that can happen happens. They they run out of wine. <laughs> You can't run out of wine at a party. It just that that was just horrible. It, it, it was a the social faux pas to end all social faux pas. And 
And, and you would never live this down. And so Jesus, to help this bridegroom and this bride celebrate and the family and the, and the, the one who was putting on the banquet, uh, he allows them to save face by turning water into wine. It, it's just a really beautiful, hospitable act. And, and, and when Eric and I started the village, I, I said, I, I want to be that kind of place that's just hospitable. I, I want people to come in and, and be relaxed and comfortable and enjoy their time here. And, and you know, I, in, the, in the refrigerator over there, and, and later on you can do, there's soda, but it, it's not just soda, it's name brand soda, right? Because I want us to have the best. I, I, I could go to, you know, Kmart and get that stuff. It's just not the same. It, it sends a bad message. I, I want good soda here and, and bottled water and, and I want good coffee, not, not you know, Folgers. Um, I, I hope they don't attack me for saying that. On, uh, but but I, I wanted good stuff. I, I want to give good things. I, I, I was just a longing to, to be hospitable, to, to welcome everyone. The, the value of accessibility is huge. Here and I, I, I wanted to, to from the very beginning make sure that you all knew and know that you're welcome, that you're a part of this, that that you can come and relax. And hospitality was a big deal. Accessibility, anyone can come. It's easy to come. That was that was a big thing. So we have that great moment, and 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 I love that passage. And then the very next. The very next verses are these. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples. There they stayed for a few days. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found men selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple area, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those who sold doves, he said, get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. Then the Jews demanded of him, What miraculous sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. The Jews replied, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you're going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scriptures and the words that Jesus had spoken. Now while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many people saw the miraculous signs he was doing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all men. He did not need a man's testimony about man, for he knew what was in a man. When I was a, a kid, I lived on the farm in Iowa, and I uh, we lived five miles outside of Pella, a little Dutch community, and and there was <clears throat> probably more churches in that town 
maybe then there were people. I don't know. It, there was just like churches everywhere. But we went to Second Christian Reformed Church, which had broken off from First Christian Reformed Church because First Christian Reformed Church got a little too liberal and started not doing things correctly. And so we had to kind of purify stuff and do it right. And so they started Second Christian Reformed Church and they built this beautiful old church. And it's red, well, it's old now, it wasn't then, but it's it's red brick and it's got big towers and a steeple and it's got a bell that rings and, and it's got huge steps that led up to it. And you kind of walked up like, when I was a kid, it, it was like, you know, climbing Mount Everest. It, it was it was huge. You had to to make your way to the top, and 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 then you walked in, and and it was called the sanctuary. What that you walk you walked into this little uh, vestibule, and then and then from there you walked into the sanctuary. And I and I can remember I, I was yakking and messing with my brothers, my brother and sisters, and and messing with with my friends and greeting people and yelling and hollering and and it was all okay and then you walked into that first place and you that vestibule and you the door closed behind you big huge doors and and you kind of got a little quieter because wow it was about to happen and and then you entered what was called the sanctuary and and you went and you sat down in big wooden pews that were miserable to sit in um, and when you're a kid and and I'm sure when you're an adult and and no pads like these nice ones we have these are hard wooden benches and we went and sat in those and and the organ would be playing softly and then the pastor would walk in Reverend Van Lar Reverend Van Lar was about this tall and he had a voice bigger than any voice I have ever heard, right? But he would walk in and he'd lead this little parade of elders. There were like six or seven elders behind him. And they, the elders would go sit in the front row uh, of, of the pews and, and Reverend Van Lar would, would walk up onto the pulpit and he would stand there and he would put his hands, it, it was a bigger pulpit, he could just see over it and well maybe it was the same size but he would he would he would stand there and and he would look all around and he would say the lord is in his holy temple let all the earth keep silence before him okay all righty then god's here stop stop talking stop moving if I moved after that, mom pinched me. You know, it was like, stop. You sat there and we didn't have the kids out of the service. You were there and you best behave, right? So, so it, it was just awe inspiring. And then he would say, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the sheep of his pasture. Grace mercy and peace be to you from God our Father through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Wow. Some of you don't know, but for the last two weeks and this week, I've been starting each of the services with that call to worship. It's 
reason some of you don't know that is because you come wandering in here whenever you kind of please and some of you are busy out talking and you're hanging out with your friends and you're you're kind of like that naughty boy that I was. You're not paying attention, okay? You're not sure what's going on. You're not even here because you're late. See, we never dared to be late because if you were late, you had to walk to one of the pews way up front and then when you sat down, anything metal would go clank, clank, clank and 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 nobody dared to be late. You would never come late. You that would be the last thing you would do. People would talk about you. Do you know? They're late. And then if you were late all the time, wow. So now have I made you feel really bad? Because I'm really trying. I've been guilt tripping you for quite a while here now. Do you understand? Do you feel the guilt trip, right? See, I didn't want that. (laughs) I didn't want that. I didn't want that kind of experience. I wanted a place where we could come and we could worship together and we didn't have that fearful moment of being in the presence of God. But you know what? I think we threw something out. I think we missed something. I think we've forgotten something. In our zeal to be accessible, in our zeal to be hospitable, in our desire to have everybody just come and relax and enjoy this worship time, uh, we might have missed something. Accessibility is a big deal. But so is the holiness of God. The passage that we just read that said that, that the disciples remembered that that the Messiah, Jesus, would have a zeal for the house of God. It was the temple, it was the holy place, it was a righteous place where you gathered, where the Jews came to worship God. And when they did that, there was this court called Solomon's Court where those who didn't believe, those who were Gentiles, those who could not be part of the ceremony could stand and watch. But what had happened was that there was this huge... Um, turning of of that Solomon's court, that that place where those outside could view, it, it was turned into a marketplace. It, it was just a a transactional place. It, it was if you were a Jewish person, you were supposed to bring a sheep or doves or something from from your own flock, from your own herd. You were supposed to bring a sacrifice to Jerusalem and sacrifice it there. And and instead of um, doing that, people were like, maybe I could just buy something when I'm there, right? Kind of like the fast food stuff of the day, right? Like, we'll just pick something up on the trip. And and so at first, it was on the way, hey, I you know, I don't bring a sheep from home. I can just buy a sheep. That's great. But now it's turned into commerce. It's turned into to um, business transactions. And, and not only are they, you know, they're taking advantage of the pilgrims. People who come from a long ways away who couldn't bring a lamb or couldn't bring doves, um, they're jacking up the prices. You know, it's like getting a, you know, hot dog and a Coke at a ball game. Like, really? You know, $17 for a hot dog and a Coke? Really? I can get this hot dog for 50 cents, you know? 
I can go to Costco and get a drink and a hot dog for a buck and a quarter, like or a buck fifty. What is it nowadays? Anyway, um, I got to pay this much, right? But but they kind of had them over the barrel, and and literally they they were. And, and observers, those who were outside the community, those who were watching, saw that. They saw how people were treated. Accessibility is a big thing. The holiness and righteousness of God is a bigger thing. God is set apart. He is holy. That's what holy means. He is set apart. He is not like us. And we're called to worship him. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to Thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. Holy, 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 all the saints adore Thee, casting down their golden crowns around the glassy sea. Cherubim and seraphim bowing down before him who was and is and evermore shall be. Holy, 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 though the darkness hide thee, Though the eyes of sinful man thy glory may not see, only thou art holy, there is none beside thee, perfect in power, in love and purity. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, all thy works shall praise thy name in earth and sky and sea. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. God is mighty and powerful and merciful and loving and set apart.
And we're called to worship Him. We come here to worship Him. When we talk about accessibility, we, we've been talking about that, and, and, and our definition is great. From the beginning, we believe that the village should be a place where anyone can come and be accepted. We've fought hard against our own prejudices and lies so that we can be doorways into the kingdom of God. We resist our exclusionary ways in order to allow people to find God at their own pace and in their own way. We seek to understand the perspective of others and to love them as they are we find that Jesus was willing to be associated with those whom society thought were outcasts, and we seek to emulate Jesus as we engage the people he places in our path. We hope to place no stumbling block between Jesus and the people we meet, except for the gospel itself. It is the gospel itself that separates. It, it is what God's done for us that, that makes it hard for us to be here. To, to come face to face with the living God is, is, to, is to come into a scary place. It, it's a hard place. This, this thing that I was describing, this call to worship, um, was called in the program, in the bulletin, of my youth, the the thing that they handed you, the piece of paper that they handed you that had printed out what was going to happen, it was called the votum and salutation. And I was a word nerd, so I maybe still might be. Um, and uh, actually, Eric calls me an oversized word Nazi. So, um, but but the votum and salutation, it it was a a call to worship the. The votum was, God calls us here. And, and the salutation was God greeting us. So that's what I do. I, 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 these last three weeks, I, I've come up and I've, and I've recognized that it's God who calls us here. And, and then I've, I've been reminded that, that God is uh, saluting us. He's greeting us. Um, just like we end the service, with the um, the blessing, right? And it's people go uh, Rod. Um, it's Rod's blessing. It's it's not Rod's blessing. It has nothing to do with me. It's God's blessing. It's God blessing us. So we started with the votum and salutation, the call to worship. We're we're called here to worship, and we serve this righteous God. It says. In Revelation 15:4, who will not fear you, O Lord, and, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. True hospitality, true accessibility is that anyone may come here, and they can either participate, recognizing the God of the universe for who he is through Jesus Christ, or they can come and just observe. They can come and and maybe you're here that way tonight. Maybe, maybe you just came and said, I, I don't really get this God thing yet. I, I just want to come and watch what you do. And that should be a reminder to those of us who are here that, that, that recognize who God is and, and recognize him as, as holy and righteous and, and the Lord of all, the Lord of all nations. And the one that we've come to worship, he, he's, uh, people are watching you observing you. They're, they're trying to figure out now, how is that done? I, I learned a new word. 
from from my studies and and, and the word is inclusio and and I love this word um, because it's it's kind of um, a Hebrew version it, it's it's a Hebrew version of of um, like bookends like it it's it's how you know this part and this part kind of hold everything between it together inclusio is is a powerful concept you'll read psalms where you start the psalm and it says praise the lord and then the very last words are of the psalm are praise the lord and and that's an inclusio it's a it's a it's, it's a bookmark it's it's holding the song together it's the beginning and the end and and sometimes the beginning and the end are, are the exact same words. So sometimes they're they're a concept that that begins and ends, and 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 it's a clear beginning and a clear ending. And so one of the longings that I have now is that we have a clear beginning, the votum and salutation, the call to worship, and 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 a clear ending, God's blessing, God God saying, now go depart, eat, enjoy each other. Spend your time in the week worshiping me. But here, there's an inclusio. There, there's, a, there's, a, there's a beginning and an end. And, and the beauty of the beginning and the end is, is that what happens in here, in, in, in between those bookie, bookends, is, is, is worship. We don't come here to, to get stuff. I, I think in some ways I'm pretty narcissistic, and, and I may be like some of you in this way, that what I really want to hear is Eric's sermon. <laughs> I, I want God to talk to me. Or, or I, I really want to hear the leaders when they've been speaking, I, I want to hear what they have to say. The rest is just kind of some preliminary stuff, and and then there's some stuff afterwards. But but the thing is, is when God comes and talks to me, and you know what, I'm I'm going to challenge you tonight, if that's what you've been thinking. I'm going to challenge myself. Um, you didn't come here for that. You came here to bring worship, to worship God, to call on this God who is glorious and, and amazing and wonderful. And, and while we're here, we need to talk about God being here with us. Where does God dwell? Is this the temple? Because, you know, wow, if it is, uh, we need some serious sprucing up, right? Because... Because this is not very temple-like. It doesn't appear that way. Where does God dwell? And, and I, I want to talk about that a little bit. First of all, God doesn't dwell in anything we can make. And second, God dwells wherever he wishes to dwell. And, and, and thirdly, God dwells here in our midst. He, he's here with us. The temple was torn down. It, it fell down. It, when Jesus died, the, the, the temple was, was destroyed. The temple that had taken 46 years to build was, was gone. It, it's broken. It's destroyed. And, and, 
and and there's something powerful about that that God is no longer in this place in this sacred building in this holy place but he comes and he dwells with us he's here with us he's in us he's around us he's in our togetherness he's in our community he's here in our midst that is a hugely important thing we are the body of Christ Christ is the head. We are the body in the collective. So when we come here, it's not this building that's sacred. It's you who are sacred. It's us in the collective, in the group, together here that is sacred. That's why we say no other voices, nothing that distracts us, nothing that keeps us from from worship, nothing that comes that, that destroys our community. We're here because God dwells here with us. And that makes this place sacred. It's sacred. (laughs) I mean, this is just, you know, it's just walls and ceilings and ceiling fans and, and stuff. It's, it's bricks and mortar. It's, it's not, it's not sacred. But we are. Together we are. And, and so we come here and we offer our worship to God. I want to spend a little time talking about some things that worship should be. Worship should be a a laying down of self as an offering to God. When you came here, if you came here to to get something, you're not laying yourself down. (laughs) You're coming to get something. You're you're not a lot different from from the people in the courtyard. It's a it it's. doesn't mean you won't get something, but that's not the goal. The goal is to lay down yourself as an offering to God, to lift Him up, to praise and glorify His great name. We sing, we, we, we make music, we, we, we have a place in the back where, where you can dance and you can lift up, up God's name. That's why we're here. We we come to glorify and praise His name. We we come to serve um, serve others. <laughs> Eric took the kids and and Amanda and Mike uh, took the kids out to to minister to them. Uh, Eric's cooking tonight. There's there's uh, somebody running the soundboard, um, <laughs> right? Right? Because because we're here to serve. We're here to serve each other. So Vivi comes and, and she's not just here to, to do her thing, but, but to help and, and to, and to make sure that, that we can be heard. We come here to bring tithes and offerings and gifts. We're, we're here to, to give that from, from what God's given us. That, that's an act of worship. We've come to to pray and to listen, to hear each other and to care for each other and to think about each other. And in the middle of all that, in the beauty of all that, in the gorgeousness of our worship, guess what? God speaks to us. Isn't that awesome? I think that's the most exciting thing ever, that, that while... While we bring our worship, 
God, through Scripture, comes and speaks to us. His Spirit right now is speaking to you. Matter of fact, His Spirit is telling you things that I didn't say. I always love that when I preach. People come up and say, I love when you said this. And I go, I so did not say that. Um, and, and, or, or, or you will hear something I said, or something that I said will fall to the ground because God speaks. It's, it's not magical. It's not, it's not, but it sort of is. God will speak to you. He will change you. He will call you to himself. He will give you information. He will give you encouragement. He will give you hope. He'll give you what you need to make it through the week. He will come and offer good things to you because he's here amongst us. And he'll do that through God's people gathered. He will do that miraculously. He will do that in unique and special ways. And he will do that for this community. It's easy for us to get involved in transactional worship. So the question is, is did you come to get something tonight? Or did you come to give something? It's a really important question. It's a question you better deal with. It's a question you better acknowledge. It's a question that, that, that will dictate a lot about your interaction with God. Did you come to get or to give? Did you come to get a good meal or did you come to do the dishes afterwards? <laughs> did you come to be comfortable or did you come to clean up the mess at the end of the service? What did you come here for? See, what God calls us to is, is to come and to offer. And we do that in the collective. And we do that because it's a beautiful, special thing when a holy God meets his people in a space that has become sacred because the body of Christ is together here. Did you come to get or to give? Worship is a huge thing. You came, if you came to worship, you don't just worship here. <laughs> you worship everywhere. It, it, on and on it goes. Tomorrow I will worship when I am in the presence of God. When I'm together with you, when I'm together with others who believe in you, worship goes on and on. We're always acknowledging the presence of God. But here, in the inclusio, between the votum and salutation, and the blessing of our God. Worship happens. Together. Come. Worship and bow down. I came here to worship. I, I want to invite you to do something kind of strange maybe. And you don't have to do this, but it's something you might want to do. When Moses came onto a holy ground where God was, there was this bush burning and God was in the bush and Moses comes to the bush and, and the voice of God comes out of the bush and says, do not come any closer. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. 
I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. So as you come tonight to take communion, maybe you need to take off your shoes. Maybe you need to treat this as holy ground tonight. You don't have to do it every week. You don't have to make it a habit. You don't even have to do it if you don't want to. (laughs) But make this a sacred space tonight. A sacred space, not sacred because of the building, but sacred because of the people, God's people gathered here. So kick off your shoes, kick off your sandals, come barefoot, needy before the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. If you know Jesus Remember that on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. Take, eat, remember and believe. And afterwards he took the cup of blessing and and he said, this is my blood shed for you. And and as often as you eat the bread and, and drink the cup, remember that his body was broken and his blood was shed for you. The mighty God, the almighty God, the the holy God, the righteous God sends his son Jesus for you. The most hospitable act in all of history so that you can come and worship. So take and eat and remember and believe and, and then be generous. If you brought an offering tonight, be generous. Be good to give. Enjoy the worship experience of giving. And then, if you are needy, if you're, if there's sin in your life, trouble, struggles in your life, um, your own sin, the sin of others, the sin of people around you, sin in this world, something that burdens you, go and sit there. And, and others, let's keep our eye on that on that chair. Go sit in the sinner's chair and, and go gather around and pray over the person who served them. And then in a little while, let's, let's sing and, and maybe let's dance and, and maybe let's go eat together because these are acts of worship. And remember the holy, righteous God who calls you here.